Welcome to the AMCAST, Anna Maria College's podcast produced by the Marketing and Communications Office. I'm Hugh Drummond, Vice President for External Relations. In this episode, the summer episode, we welcome Zach Gandara, Director of Esports at Anna Maria. Anna Maria is launching its first varsity esports program this fall. Listeners should know that Zach is an online gamer who knows what it takes to compete. He previously coached teams to 18 postseason appearances, including two Eastern College Athletic Conference Championships. After listening to this episode, please tag Anna Maria College on social media. Let us know your thoughts. And now it's my pleasure to welcome Zach. Hi, Hugh. Thank you for having me today. Hey, Zach. Thanks for being here. I appreciate it. It's a summer afternoon here at Anna Maria. It's kind of hot in the in the office, so I, I appreciate you taking oh, the time. absolutely beautiful today. <laughs> so let's start with this. Um, you, you, I mean, you're new to Anna Maria College. You've I been am. here uh, for a few months and still setting up the program, but tell us a little bit about your background and, and what you're doing to prepare for the launch this fall. Sure. Um, well, like you mentioned about uh, my coaching experience already. I set up the program and coached it for a few years over Providence College, and I've heard of that school a little bit. Yeah, a slightly bigger school, um, but it was uh, really fun being able to set up a program and and see you know the students coming into it for the first time and really enjoying that. So I like the idea of being able to set up a new program here at Anna Maria. It's really a good opportunity for these students to get involved on something on campus that they might not have done otherwise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we're in a unique position where we didn't have a club or anything set up. There were no intramurals and I'm assuming just kids playing in their dorm rooms if they wanted to play. So we get to set up that club and that whole atmosphere of it's okay to be a gamer mm-hmm. on campus. You can come and do this. We're not discouraging it. Um, and it's exciting because we're deciding to go right in right away. We're not just saying, oh, we're going to start with a club and see where it goes. We're starting it in athletics. It's going to have a varsity program, a club program, and an intramural league, and uh, you know we're we're really diving into it. We're creating a our training center is going to be an Alienware training center by Dell, which for those of you that are not familiar with Dell's gaming brand Alienware, it's one of the top tier brands in the country, in the world even. They've set up professional organizations with their training centers. It's really going to be a special room. That is so cool and. Um... You know, I occasionally dabble in a in a um, a game myself, but but the the thing that I think is interesting is, and my kids play, of course, but sure. it, they're actually there are a lot of skills that go into this. Definitely, I mean, it, it's everything from knowing your equipment mm-hmm. to thinking strategically to working as a team, and so you know, sometimes people that aren't really informed about esports or about gaming kind of Put it in a category, but the, the reality is, it's it's actually a very transferable sk- skill set going forward. In, in absolutely, um, I mean, well, like any you know competitive team based game or sport, um, there's that interpersonal skills that you develop in a team of not just teamwork, but how to manage your own ego, how to boost up your teammates, and uh, be able to work together. But beyond that, just transferable skills that you were talking about. Oftentimes, players create their own computer. They, they build it from the ground up. So not saying that it's necessary. You can just buy your own computer. But 
oftentimes students that are interested in esports often are interested in the IT world and want to learn how to manage their equipment and be a part of it. And then they'll go on to be in STEM jobs past this. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like the, the old school rock and roller who who customizes their their drum kit or Absolutely. their guitar or whatever. It and is. accidentally learns a skill. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's so cool. Um, so... Um, you talk to students. What what kind of questions do students have about um, about esports? You know, what do, what do you hear when you when you um, have conversations? Sure. I mean, right now there's really it is a new field in college in the collegiate scene. So right now there's two kinds of students: students that know they want to play because they're really good and they're like, I'm going to school for a scholarship for this. This is what I'm going to do. I want to play professional. Um, and then there's students that are like, I really like gaming. I just want to get involved with it on campus. You know, at what level can I? So oftentimes their questions are, what games do you play and what skill levels do you accept? Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's going to vary on each school. But usually if you want to participate, you can. It's a very inclusive field. Like you were saying earlier, you even dabble in games every once in a while. Mm -hmm. It's something that nowadays everybody does, whether it's on your phone or on your computer or a console. Like everybody has played a game. It's fun. It's something to do with other people. So when it comes to what games, most schools will be supporting the majority of major titles and any sports games. Um, but skill level wise, unless you're really trying to play at one of the top universities and you know, you know that you're one of the best in the country, don't worry about it. You'll be able to find your way onto a club team or a, a JV team at a school. That's what's so great about esports. There's not just one team. If we can hold two teams and host two, send them to the same competition, we can, we will. Um, so really, you'll be able to play if you want to, mm -hmm. just for fun. Mm -hmm. So um, we're just launching a program, mm -hmm. and um, there's going to be some um, kind of, uh, you know, learning moments during that and I'm, I'm curious like for me I think it would be exciting to be a part of the first cohort and kind of you know Definitely. kind of pave the way for for future uh, uh, classes or, or, or sorry uh, uh, teams and, and, and club participants but um, and you've launched a program from from scratch before so what's it like when we're talking about a program that will be in its infancy and what's sure. it like to be part of that first cohort? You know, it, it's something that's really special because, well, this takes us back to the uh, those two kinds of students again, right? If you're a top 500 player in the country, and the way the rankings work, that's against everyone in the country, not just collegiate players. So if you know you're top 500, you know you're going to be able to play at a really high level. Chances are that student's going to want to go to an established school where they can just jump right in and only have to compete and not think about anything else. But... What's really special about being in a, you know, a new program is that you can take on responsibilities that would otherwise be filled by, you know, either staff members or volunteers or, or some sort of part-time student job. But here, you know, if you want to get involved in streaming games and learning how to do the broadcasting, you can. Mm -hmm. We're going to set up a broadcasting room. Every game's going to be streamed. You can learn how to commentate. You can learn how to do these things in a safe environment where everybody is. You know, that's the focus. It's learning on what these skills are and how to do well in them. Um, and if you want to be the treasurer, if you want to be a person that is involved in the administration or the management, even the coordinating of when these games are going to participate, when the, the practice is scheduled, whenever they're going to be scheduled, you know, 
there's just a lot more opportunity to get involved beyond just playing at one of these, you know, entry level schools. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because what you said there actually kind of touches on um, some of the advantages that we have here at Anna Maria, where people know each other, that there's a really hands-on kind of um, relationship with your programs, that there's um, direct support and interaction and mentorship from uh, faculty and coaches and, and staff and, you know, students to each other. And so I think, you know, the that that idea being part of that first cohort and and having this kind of range of opportunities or a kind of creating opportunities from scratch is is really exciting it is it's it's really special there's a lot of students that you know even myself as one i liked playing i was good enough to play at you know not one of those top tier programs but um I knew that that wasn't i was never going to go pro i wasn't good enough i knew i would never get there but i wanted to participate and uh, it gives you a really good opportunity to just learn some other aspects of the esports world mm-hmm. that are transferable because every organization is looking for managers. Every organization is looking for more commentators, people that know how to stream, know how to spectate and, you know, run the equipment because this whole thing is equipment based. Yeah. Every I, aspect. I, I agree. I, I think that, um, you know, one of the things that uh, one constant theme in the discussions that we've had even prior to this podcast have been just the the um, the opportunity these are all resume opportunities for for, Definitely. for students absolutely i mean to be able to say i uh, you know i participated is one thing to be able to say i was on a team is another thing mm-hmm. to be able to say i had a leadership role or i carved out this kind of specialty skill um, or, you know, whatever. These are all resume. Uh, Absolutely. Elements. Because, and we don't see it right now, but if we just look at the NFL, how many, you know, support staff does every team have? Right. They, they don't just need analysts and, you know, stack keepers, but they need the people that are going to run the facilities. They need people that are going to run the broadcasts. And that's the kind of skill that you're going to learn here because that is a career path in and of itself. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. So I know, um, you know, the, the fall is, um, just the beginning, you have you have more planned, um, and you said that the fall or the first year of the program is really about fostering an esports culture. So, tell me about like what does that mean, and, and sure. what are some of the things that you plan to do to foster that culture? Definitely, I think something that's really important is understanding the capabilities and desires of the student body that's already present. Because while it's great, sure, we can recruit you know 10, 20 students, however many we get, but we want to bring the entire school on board. This isn't supposed to be a program off in its own little quarter. We want to have everybody participate. So something that we're going to set up is that club side of things and the intramural side. So for the club, first, we're going to have just, you know, if you want to play a game and you've got five friends that also play the same game, you can form a team and we'll put you into leagues that are club leagues. It's not the varsity level, so you're not going to have to worry about getting absolutely squished by a team that could go play in a professional open. Um, you're going to be playing the same way you would in any club sport against other schools, competing for your school's pride, having fun, um, travel if you're really, really good, and uh, really participate. But even further than that, for the casual gamer, for the person that just wants to come and have a fun time on a Friday evening, we've got the intramural league where they're going to be playing against other members of their own student body. So we'll have, you know, what we're doing right now is we're going to buy a bunch of Nintendo Switches and set them up in Zeco, which is our auditorium. So we'll have the big giant drop-down screens projected up with Mario Kart, 
Smash Brothers, just the fun Nintendo games that everybody knows how to play. And, you know, we'll have a pizza party and just every week we'll have a different game come. And the whole student body can show up and participate in the little tournament for not just some pride, but maybe some prizes and, and really just bring everybody into it to have some fun. That's excellent. Uh, just again, we're, we're talking with uh, Zach Gandara, who is the uh, director of uh, eSports um, at Anna Maria College. I imagine, you know, building off what you just said there, we have students that probably already have those absolutely uh, do. those groups together. And so this is just really giving them another kind of a more formalized venue or, or structure to, to play those games. Well, some, uh, the little fact that I always jump back to is DePaul University has a massive program. I think they have nearly a thousand students in there that participate in club activities. So not always the same people every day, but that participate, show up every once in a while, do stuff. And a third of those students, so you know, 333 students say it's the only activity on campus that they participate in. And if it wasn't for it, they would have transferred. Hmm. So I think those are pretty good numbers. Yeah. That it, we need to provide that opportunity for students that might not participate in anything else to come and meet some friends and have a good time outside of the dorm rooms. Yeah, definitely. It's, a, it's a, I agree. Um, so um, you've talked about a couple of other, uh, you talked about your experience at, at uh, Providence and, and just now about DePaul, but th- there's a large esports world out there. There is. Um, you know, tell us a little bit about that. Like, what are some trends? Sure. Uh, what kind of news is happening? Um, would, what sure, are some definitely. good things to know? Well, um, just a, as a broad overview, the professional scene is absolutely massive. It's international. If you are good enough to go professional, they will pick you up at 16, right out of high school. They'll have your parents sign a waiver. You will go professional so quickly. But we want, we so want them money. in college here. We want them in college here, <laughs> yes. But... Um, what we're seeing is for a while, because of that, they weren't coming to college. They were going pro. But the lifetime of a professional player is very short because everything is quick quick twitch and fast response time. And as we get older, obviously, that goes away. And they're operating on absolute milliseconds because it is so small, the, the movements, that they're realizing as they start to age out of the professional playing that if they don't continue in esports in some way, whether that's in the professional scene or, or trying collegiate, they don't really have a skill set. And so we're seeing a lot of people who are going to college now to, you know, have that back, the backup of having a college degree, mm-hmm. but also being able to play at a high level and show professional teams that, oh, I can do this. I'm proving myself, not just going and playing in a tier three organization. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to current news, we've got some exciting stuff coming up. Uh, Overwatch, which is, a esports title from the uh, company Activision Blizzard, and uh, maybe some of you guys know this. Robert Kraft actually bought into an Overwatch team as an early founder, ten million dollars, so that he could have the Boston Uprising here in huh. in uh, Massachusetts. And they had a slow decline, a, a slow death for a little while, where the game started to become less popular and stopped receiving updates. And they're coming out now um, within the next year with Overwatch Two, which has started to get a lot of hype. And it, it'll just update the game, take it to another level, and hopefully bring that that scene back um, for another uh, exciting competitive title. Um, past that, we're seeing a lot of older games like Counter-Strike, uh, Valve games, getting updated to a new engine, which really just brings games that came out you know, in 2012 into the, the modern era, even though they were being played and still one of the most popular 
titles, it is, uh, it's exciting that they're going to be bringing it into a, more modernity. Mm-hmm. Uh, interesting. The, um, so when, when you think of the um, kind of larger esports world, um, especially when it comes to like the, the college scene, there are these tournaments, there's these competitions. Can you talk about maybe the the conferences? I, sure. I we're in our first year, so we're not right. we're not there. Well, we're, but, we are gonna be participating okay. in um, when will this come out? This podcast? Yes. No, we'll get it out this summer. Okay. We're gonna be participating in the Northeast Collegiate Conference. Uh-huh. We're gonna be signing with them very shortly. Um, and that conference is based in this area. It's just Northeast schools and it's uh, low barrier to entry where they understand that these are oftentimes schools that are just starting in their first few years and they give a lot of resources to helping us succeed. So we're excited to compete with them um, in a few different titles. They offer Valorant, League of Legends, Rocket League, uh, a few different ones. Those three, I think, are going to be our inaugural ones where we're going to be trying to host some teams there and push them competitively. Um, but past that, there are tons of organizations and leagues right now. A lot of the major, uh, sports leagues for collegiate, you know, they're, they're hosting their own. So the ECAC is one of the biggest on the East coast with, I think around 300 schools that have signed on with them, um, to, to compete at a really high level. Uh, past that there is NACE, which is the national association of collegiate esports. That one's a bit more, um, Difficult to get into. You have to have a certain skill level and a certain amount of budget allocated so that it's very serious teams. And oftentimes we're seeing a lot of those uh, teams are from the Midwest where we're seeing some really good programs come out of those schools. Um, past that, there are national competitions that are hosted by the uh, game developers. So Riot, which makes League of Legends and Valorant, uh, as well as uh, quite a few other games, they host their collegiate series, which oftentimes uh, is set up very similarly to an NCAA traditional sports tournament, where each of the conferences gets an auto bid to the tournament um, by the, uh, the for the winner of each conference. And then they'll all go to LA for the Sweet 16 or, or whatever it is and, and play there for a national title and receive a ton of money for the program and scholarship money almost guaranteed for those students. Um, so it's really exciting. We're at a point now where collegiate esports is starting to become more national and less co- uh, conference-based because those conferences have accepted it and been around for a couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. The um, you've, you've mentioned throughout the podcast, um, this episode, various uh, game titles. And I, and I know everything's uh, fluid and, and stuff like that. But like as you think about the fall, are there... Are there titles that that you think are good ones to start with, or to? Um, well, I guess maybe it comes down to like serving the students and seeing what, what they're already doing. It does. There, that's something that is going to be super important this year. Finding out what it is that we actually have interest in and what we are going to be naturally good at. There's no mm-hmm. reason to push a you know a square peg into a round hole. Um, so, I have some ideas. I do think that along with every other school that starts, usually they start with League of Legends and Rocket League. They're the two easiest to field teams for, so we're going to try for that. Out of a a personal liking, I'm going to try to add Valorant to that list, see if we can get a a team going for that. But past that, it's just going to be up to the students what they play, Mm -hmm. and we'll see that uh, this coming semester. 
with just what becomes popular in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we as we kind of finish up here, there um, any other things you want to, to add? I mean, certainly let's let's close with you know if, if students have uh, questions about esports, uh, you know how how to reach you. But anything, any kind of closing thoughts? If you think that you want to be recruited to an esports team, really don't hesitate to ask. Don't don't think that you have to be reached out to first. Just send an email or a Twitter DM uh, to any coach that you might be interested in attending their school. Just say, hey, I play this game. Can we talk? And nine out of ten times, every coach is willing to talk to you. They want to hear from you. They want to know what that next class of students is going to be like. So definitely reach out to me if you want. You can find me on Twitter, on my email. Put the spell, just do Esports at AnnaMaria.edu. I like that one better. Yeah, I think that's so. <laughs> esports um, at AnnaMaria.edu. Yes. Um, so that's the way to contact Zach. Um, I think this has been a fantastic discussion. Uh, we look forward to doing more. Absolutely. Um, we uh, look forward to uh, taking a, a peek at some of the um, uh, club activities and competitions uh, this fall. So, um Thanks for being part of the MCAST. Thank you for having me. Okay.